welcome to our next episode of our Small Business Stories. Today, I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast episode is Claire Sweet from Peace Together Money Coaching. Hello, Claire, and thank you so much for taking part in our podcast series. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Really looking forward to chatting to you today. Yes, um, so it's really good. You, you do something quite different to maybe some of our other guests that we've had on the show. Um, so I'm really looking forward to getting to know more about what you do. So actually, I'm just going to ask you that question first off, Claire. Tell us about a little bit about what you do. Okay, here we go. So I'm a financial advisor and money coach. So what I do is I help clients, predominantly women, to organise their finances and create a plan for their future, which lets their money work well for now, but also well for the future, because you've got to strike some element of balance. None of us knows how life is going to turn out, how long we've got and what we're going to do. I think this last year has really shown us that. And it's really important that although you make some plans for the future, you have a quality of life now. And so I'm all about balance and making sure that your money is doing what it needs to do, but not by squirreling away every penny and ending up living on economy baked beans by candlelight, you know, leaving some money for the fun things in life along the way. Yeah. So it sounds really passionate. You sound really passionate about what you do, which is great. So tell me what made you take the first step to start your own business? So my business story is really quite strange because I actually had a dream. I literally woke up one morning with this idea in my head and I thought, do you know what? I'm going to look into this. So for a bit of history, I went to university and I trained as a pharmacist and I worked for Boots in the corporate world for 17 years. And although I loved my job and I loved meeting people, I was really struggling with the fact that it was so restrictive. So I don't know whether you've ever been into a chemist at lunchtime. You want to go and buy the headache pills you want and you can't have them because the pharmacist is at lunch. Yep, it's that type of thing. So if I wasn't there, the shop was shut. They couldn't trade. It meant that I couldn't get time off for my daughter's school play or sports day. It meant I had to work a full day. I had to work every other weekend. And I thought, actually... I need more flexibility than this. So for a little while, I'd been thinking I need to do something else. And I'm not one of these people that just sits and whinges about things. I'm very much, if you're going to do it, you get off your backside and you go and do it. And then I spotted this opportunity online to do the training. So I did and I got on and I trained initially as a mortgage and protection advisor. And I was helping people to buy homes and remortgage and get their protection sorted so they didn't have to worry about what happened if they lost their income or somebody died and all of that stuff. And I really, really liked it. But what I found was there were a whole group of people, predominantly women, who wanted to be better educated about their money. They wanted to know that they were making the right choices. And I thought, hang on a minute, there's a whole load of people here who need my help and support, who might not go and look for a financial advisor because they don't think they need one. And I've got the opportunity to help people. And that's what I did. So how long have you been um, working for yourself? So um, 14 years in total now. It's really gone quickly. I really can't believe it. I mean, when I first started, I was doing it part time around my day job. And I think a lot of people find that when they first start a business, it's what they now deem as a side hustle. We never called it that back then. But I was working three days a week for Boots and then three days a week in my own business. But I was in that sort of catch-22 situation where I couldn't put enough hours in my business to make enough money to leave the day job. And I was going round and round in circles. 
um, until 2009, where I made a massive jump into it. And the reason that I did that primarily was that was the year that my mum passed away and she was only 59. She was one of these people who had worked hard her whole working life. And she always said, well, when I retire, I'm going to do this. And when I retire, I'm going to do that. And she never got there. And I thought, you know what? Life is short. I know it's a bit of a cliche and everyone says it, but now or never, I need to actually step up and do it. And I did. And I jumped in full time and my business has grown from the ground up to where I find myself today, which is running a six-figure business with three members of staff. I've got another member of staff due to be starting in April. And I love it. I love the impact I can have on people. Oh, no, that's great. So it being in business 14 years then, bearing in mind, you would have seen probably the recession that we had in 2008. Was that 2007? Mm-hmm. And now with the COVID crisis that we're going through now, what would you say that, so, so you've seen the ups and downs of running a business. Yeah. Uh, say the last year has been the most challenging in a business life or would it have been other circumstances through uh, the economy and that, that um, has made running a business really hard? I think it really depends on the type of business you're in. So, I mean, at the moment, I'm seeing a lot of business owners that over the last year have really been struggling because the industry they're in has been very badly hit. And maybe for whatever reason, they didn't have any sort of savings or backup behind them. And they didn't have another plan of action. Because I think in terms of a successful business, I think the biggest thing that I would ever say to anybody is you don't want all your eggs in one basket. So you don't want all of your money coming from one particular part of your business, one particular client, because if that client then walks away for no fault of anything you've done, you can be completely scuppered. So, you know, over the last 12 months for me, I mean, business has been great. This year has been my busiest year. Um, and it's been growing year on year. Now, some of that is to do with mindset because, you know, there's these posts, you see them online that say things like, I refuse to participate in a reception (laughs) is that ultimately, you know, I'm a great believer in being positive in life and that there are always going to be good times and bad times. And it's how you look at it rather than anything else. So, Part of it is that and is the mindset, but the other part of it is about taking action and about adapting as you need to, to make sure that what you're offering is still relevant to the audience you have. And I was already using a lot of the technology before this hit. Okay. So yes, this year, every client I've seen in the last 12 months has now been seen by Zoom. I haven't had anyone into my appointment, like come in for an appointment in the office, but Prior to that, I was doing Zoom calls for people who were not local. Although I've built a local business, it was quite common that people would then refer me to their friends or family that might not live locally. And they would say, well, can you speak to my sister? And she lives in Ipswich. And I was like, yeah, no, it's fine. So we do a Zoom call. So we had a lot of the infrastructure set up already. Yeah. And I think we just decided at the start when it all kicked off, thought, right, okay, let's just jump into it. And we did. And I looked for opportunities to help people with the things they were struggling with at the time. So that in itself, I think, has meant that this year has been better than it could have been. I know other financial advisors who back in February, March thought, well, I'll just take three weeks holiday. It'll blow over and then we'll all be back to normal, which, you know, I think a lot of people did hope, didn't they? In the very first lockdown, everyone thought, oh, well, there we are. We'll lock down for three weeks. Then we'll all be sorted and it'll all get back to normal. And 
I think then they realized they did need to do something different for their business to you know, do what they they needed to do. But I think when you run a business, you've always got to keep your eyes open for what's going on in the world around you. Yeah. I'm not a believer in competition necessarily, because I think what everybody does is unique in their own way. And there's enough work out in the world for everybody. Yeah. There's no need to be precious over it. But that being said, you need to be aware of what's going on and what people are looking for. And if need be, adapt. You know, the Everyone all over Facebook was all talking about, you need to pivot. And I really hate that word. It just gives me that that sofa scene from Friends where they're trying to get that sofa up the stairs. But, you know, it is true that you just need to be thinking, how can I help people? What do they need? No, I I definitely agree with you. In my industry, obviously, being a virtual assistant, I think where I've seen other virtual assistants go wrong is that they've decided, right, this is what what I'm going to offer. Yes, okay, you've obviously got to say what you're going to offer. But then it's um, if you haven't got the ability to adapt with what um, the clients want, then you're going to quickly lose them as clients. And I think you do have to adapt because it is about what the client wants in the end. And if you can adapt your skills, I think you're in a better place. Uh, So totally agree with those comments that you've made. And I think that's the right thing to be on. So I think you alluded to it earlier. So I would so imagine that the biggest benefit that you found by running your own business is the flexibility. Is that right? Or have you found um, something else? No, definitely. I mean, flexibility is one of the main reasons that I went into business. Um, That and the fact I'm a bit of a control freak and I like things to be done the way I like them to be done. And I found the corporate world very frustrating because I could see ways to make the customer experience better. I could see things that could be improved and I didn't have the freedom to do it because ultimately that's not the way things were done. And I know for a lot of entrepreneurs, that is one of the things they struggle with in the corporate world. So part of it was that, and it now gives me the freedom to do what I want with my business and run it how I I choose to. But part of it has been the flexibility in terms of hours working. And certainly at the moment, because like you know, a vast proportion of the UK population. We have children at home who are homeschooling, albeit my husband deals with a lot of that because he's the stay-at-home parent effectively and I'm in the office. I've got, uh, this is a cabin in my garden. So I get to um, escape, which is quite nice. And they know not to come and bother me when when I'm out here. But it's given me some element of flexibility for me to do that type of thing. It's also meant that, I can choose my working hours, which is really, really important to me because I miss that so much. And I think it really started to hammer home when I was working in my role as a pharmacist, when as a manager of a team, I'd have members of my staff come and ask me for time off to go to parents' evenings, to go to sports days or for a child's birthday or their birthday. And I was able to give them the time off because I planned my staff and my workload to enable the business to do that. But then when it was my day, I couldn't do that. And I really sort of, I didn't get resentful, but I started to think, hang on a minute, this isn't quite right. And I think that now it means that I can choose the days I work. It means I can choose the hours I work. So on an average day, if we weren't in lockdown and we weren't all sat at home, I tend to come out to the office about eight o'clock in the morning, which is when my husband does the school run. 
So we sort of all leave for work at the same time. Um, and then I finish by about half past two, quarter to three, so I can pick my son up from school, which is something I never got to do with my daughter. She spent more time at a childminder than anything else. Yeah. I don't work Fridays. I haven't worked Fridays for about a year and a half. Right. So our working week for me and all of my staff in the office is Monday to Thursday. Oh. And Fridays I use sometimes for personal development and work related things I might use that time to work on my business rather than work in my business so sometimes I will be doing uh, social media or I might be recording videos for my YouTube channel or other things like that at the moment I'm in the process of writing a book so sometimes I'm using the time for that because I need to be able to take a step out and do it but when we're not in lockdown that's also the day that I can use to have coffee with a, a friend or go and get my hair done or do some stuff that is for me because I think as a busy working parent it's very easy to get caught up in this go to work work hard all day and then you come home and everybody wants a bit of you your husband wants a bit the kids want a bit you've got dinner to do you've got pets jumping on you and you've got all this stuff going on and you just want people to let you sit down for 10 minutes with a book and a cup of tea so Fridays gives me that and, and it take you a long time to get to that point, though? How, how long had you, you thought about that's what you want to do, like over a number of years? And did it take you a long time or was it a quick decision to say, right, no, this is what I'm going to do now. I'm not going to work Fridays. And you just stuck to that. So how did you manage to achieve that? So originally I did work every day, albeit I tried to only work at school hours. Yeah. And then I thought to myself, I'm really not getting any time for me and I need to do something about it. And funnily enough, I saw a post in a forum online through a group of other financial advisors where somebody else had just put, well, we don't open the office on Fridays. We haven't done for ages. And I thought, why don't I do that? There's no reason why I can't do that. And so I did. So it was January, not this year, but sort of, I suppose, in fact, just over two years ago then. Uh, I decided I wasn't going to work Fridays. I used to just do a live in my Facebook group on a Friday lunchtime. I called it Freedom Friday and talked about what I'd been up to. But then I went through a very busy stage about a year ago, just as we were going into lockdown, where I realised I was actually still working on the Friday because we'd got so busy. That's when I decided to take a new member of staff on. So literally this time last year, I thought, right, I need another full time member of staff. And then lockdown hit and I had to wait until August to actually take somebody on because, you know, trying to do interviewing and things is, is much harder when you can't actually see people face to face. Um, I'm a great believer in hiring the right people yeah. and, and doing it that way. And talking about your control, though, if you yeah. like control, was that really hard when you took on that first staff member? How, how did that make you feel? Uh, did you struggle to lose some of that control or how, how was that for you? That's a really funny story, actually, because I had a complete meltdown that led to me realising that I had some control issues where I had gone to a training day in London run by a business coach I was working with at the time. And we were in this in this training day. So I turned my phone off, as you do, because it's polite. And I checked my phone mid-morning and there was a, a text message from my husband who said that he had done the Tesco order, the online shopping, and just needed the last three numbers on my credit card so that he could submit the order. And I thought, oh, that's OK. I'll give him a call at lunchtime because we didn't have a very long break. When I turned my phone back on at lunchtime, 
I saw this text message that just said, don't worry, I've done it. I've just put it on the other card. And I came out in like a, almost like a panic attack because I was like, oh my God, he's ordered the shopping, but we haven't even talked about what we're going to eat this week. How does he know what to get? What's going to happen? What if he's just spent 60 quid on stuff and I've still got to go shopping because he's bought all the wrong stuff. And I literally had this complete meltdown and panic. And when we stopped to look at it, because obviously the other people in this room with me couldn't quite understand why I was having a meltdown over an online grocery order, I realized that because historically, I mean, I have been a single parent. I've been through times where I've had no money in my life. The idea that somebody had just gone and spent what I still deem to be my money without asking really triggered something for me internally because I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And when I actually worked through it and unpacked it and realized that actually, worst case scenario, I could go in and edit the order he did. And that's fine. It's not a problem. And calm down. I realized that actually I have some control issues. Um, once I realized that, it really made me take a look at my business and realized that I did need some help in my business. And the reason I hadn't taken on any help was that I build this relationship with my clients and they feel like friends. I have that emotional and personal connection to them. That means I have this worry. Well, what if I take someone on and then they upset my clients and they leave? What if they undo all that hard work I've done? What if something goes wrong and people don't like me anymore? You know, because we've all got that as a worry, I think, deep down. And this was the first sort of realization I had that I thought, actually, hang on, you were just being a control freak over this now. You need to have a chance and do something different. And that's what I did. So my first lady I took on, um, who is still with me today, albeit she's been promoted several times, Sally, she came to work for me as an admin assistant and she was literally doing five hours a week. So start small, because again, one of my worries was that what if I get to the end of the month and I haven't earned enough, I can't afford to pay her. Yeah, because your income goes up and down. And at that point, I didn't have systems in place to ensure that I got a consistent income, which I do now. Yeah. So I started on five hours a week. And then after about six months, she went up to eight hours a week and then 12 and then 16. She now does between 16 and 20 a week. And I've got two other people working for me, one doing 24 hours, one doing 25 hours, um, which is a full time week, because I said we only work Monday to Thursday. And I'm in the process at the moment of pulling together a package for a lady to take on as a trainee financial advisor to start probably April, assuming we come out of lockdown. But taking on someone in my business actually revolutionized it. It enabled me to concentrate on what I do best. And along the way, I've hired and um, taken on various independent consultants and things as well. So I know that in terms of in terms of your business, I've got um, a lady who is a virtual assistant who I worked with last year purely to deal with some of the content and the running of my membership community. But I knew that as we worked out that we needed more admin hours that actually I was going to then bring that in house. And the full timer that I took on does that as well as some other things as well. But having uh, someone I could reach out to gave me that flexibility because I know that for a lot of business owners, they don't know how many hours they can afford to pay. They don't know what they want to outsource Mm -hmm. and they need to be sure they're making the right decision. And I think for some people, if you've got the flexibility of hiring 
uh, a virtual assistant or a contractor to do some of these things, you can try it and see how it works and then decide, do you need to increase the hours with them or do you need a full-time in-house member of staff? But it allows you to deal with that fluctuation in your business, which you know, I think none of us would want to take on a new member of staff and then have them sitting there twiddling their thumbs yes. or you get to the end of the month and as they worry that you can't pay them. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. It's Yeah, it was uh, quite scary when I took on my, my first employee, but it, it does pay off in the long run. But yeah, it is really scary at the beginning. So would you have said that that would have been the biggest challenge in running your business or did you have something else that you had a challenge when you run your businesses? I think the biggest challenge comes from stepping out of the business to become a business owner rather than a business worker. So there is a brilliant book called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber, where he talks about the worker, the manager and the entrepreneur. And you need to balance all three of those in your business because a lot of people leave a corporate job to start their own business, but actually all they do is create themselves a self-employed job where they're the boss and their boss, to be fair, is not necessarily the nicest person they could work for because, you know, most people say to you, oh, I bet being um, a self-employed person means you can take holiday whenever you want. You can work the hours you want. It does, but in practice, it tends to go the other way. And most self-employed people work more hours than they ever did in a corporate role. They take less holiday than they ever did because they're excited and they want to grow their business and do their stuff. And then they find evenings and weekends, they're still flipping about on their phone because they've got messages to respond to and social media to do because they love doing it. So I think that the biggest challenge is actually taking that step back and looking strategically at what do I want my business to be and how do I want it to work? And this was a really big thing for me this time last year. I think I'm someone that struggles over the winter anyway. I don't like cold. I like warm and sunshine. I think I might be sort of solar powered or something. I need to go and charge up on a beach, you know, over the the winter. But I got to the stage this time last year where I realized that I was really busy and I was working really hard, but I just wasn't enjoying it because I constantly felt like I was fighting fires and jumping from one thing to the next. And the clients that I were having weren't quite the right clients, which meant they were quite stressful. And so, yeah, this time last year at the start of lockdown, I invested in a brand new business coach to give me clarity on what I really wanted to be doing and a business efficiency strategist who helped me to streamline all my processes and recruit my amazing new member of staff. And it's meant that this year has been good because I've I've used the gap that I've had to get the infrastructure in place. And that would be that would be my tip. Take a, take a step out of your business. Even if you only do half a day once a month where you work on your business yeah. and think about, you know, who is my target client? Where do they hang out? Where am I going to find them? Because suddenly that will give you a whole load more clarity on how you market your business and whether you need to advertise and where, you know, there's no point you hanging out on LinkedIn if that's not where your ideal client is. But you won't know that if you're too busy posting 10 times a day to five social media platforms, unless you actually take some time back at some point and think, which of these are working? Where are my clients coming from? Which do I enjoy doing? You get so caught up in it. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. There is a lot of pressure when you're like in groups and that saying, oh, you've got to be doing this and doing that and that. And it is right. That's one of the things that we've done in our business in the last year. We use COVID actually 
as a way of reaffirming what our ideal customer was. And since we've done that, the business has grown because we're working with all the clients that we really love and, you know, um, it's really revolutionized our business. So I hope, yes, absolutely. Uh, I would say to any business owner, if you can do that, it, it, it seems really scary as well to do it, but actually it was quite an easy exercise. And as I say, now it's transformed our business. So I can see why it's worked for you. So um, we're talking about, obviously, marketing your business. So where do you market or advertise your business now, bearing in mind what you've achieved so far? Okay, so my primary method of bringing people into my business is still word of mouth referrals. I think that when you're dealing with somebody's finances, they need to feel that they can trust you and that you're going to be nice to them and treat them fairly and that you're somebody that's not going to judge them for the way that they are. And they want that sort of type of connection. So with that in mind, um, a lot of my business comes through um, recommendations from existing clients, their friends, their family, and the online version of that, which is through um, Facebook groups, and other people's mentorships, memberships, and that type of thing. I mean, I do podcasts and video interviews and things like this as well, and often go and do uh, masterclasses for people that I know within the coaching industry and within allied professionals, because we typically find that if somebody can experience that bit of one-to-one interaction with me, they will then feel confident enough to reach out and ask how we can work together and what options we have. So I've got a very active social media presence. Facebook is my preferred platform. That's where I spend a lot of time. I am also on Instagram. That one is building really quite steadily at the moment, which is great. I've got a profile on LinkedIn. I don't use it a lot. I've tried a few times, but I really struggle to get excited by it. And I think, well, actually, if I can't be bothered, then maybe other people can't either. So for now, I've sort of parked it. It's there as a signpost so people can find me in other places. And I've got an email list, so I keep up to date with with people like that. But I think, I mean, in terms of visibility, the online stuff works really well for me. Every other week, I do the True Wealth Show, which is a Facebook live show on my business page. So it's a public event and you don't need to book in advance to come. And we talk about various money topics and about what it means to be wealthy, which is not all about how much money you've got. It's about the quality of life and the experiences you get to have. And I can answer questions. I have invited guests. The one next week, I've got a lady coming and talking about how you need to take risk in life if you're going to achieve anything. So it's not all serious stuff. It's quite uh, lighthearted, very open-minded and a good chance to, to bring people into my world. And I'm always looking for opportunities to go and speak to groups of people who want to find out more about the things they can do with their money yeah. to make it work better for them. Yeah. No, that, that sounds great. It sounds if yeah, you've got really active community. And I think that's what it's all about nowadays, isn't it? Building the communities. And then you often find that the then you get business from that. So it's a great marketing opportunity as well. I think one of the best things to do in terms of marketing and promoting your business is actually just to speak to your inquiries and your clients when they come to you and find out how they found out about you. I think that is such an important first step to actually, you know, I I always say to people in a conversation when I have that initial call with them, 
you know, what was it that led you to get in touch with me? How did you find out about me? Because that tells you what's working and what's not working. And if you've got a client you've worked with who is singing your praises in their Facebook group and telling everybody how incredible you are, you know, that's a relationship for you to nurture and interact with further. Whereas, you know, if you're spending money on Facebook adverts or um, yell.com or some sort of directory listing, and you know that you spend £500 a year for a banner by the side of a local roundabout in your town, but actually no one ever phones up and says, I saw your banner by Tesco's. That's 500 quid you could spend on something else. You know, you need to just work out what is working. But that, again, goes back to what we were saying earlier, is that you then need to step back long enough and look at it. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, and so uh, coming on to our last question, really, and that is uh, obviously you've you've alluded to the fact earlier that you've got you've got a business coach or had a business coach. So I presume then that you have got goals in your business. And so what are they? My goals in my business. So um, this year uh, I'm aiming for my turnover to be uh, three two seven thousand. That is, I've got a plan for that by the end of July. I want to take on another member of staff as a trainee financial advisor, which will enable me over the next two years to then start to step out of some of the, that side of the business. So the regulated side of the business, a lot of it has to be me because mine is the name above the door. So I'm the one that takes the full responsibility, which means that to a certain point, my business growth is restricted by that because I don't want to put in any more hours. But equally, if you want to book an appointment to come and see me, I don't want you to have to wait more than two or three weeks to see me. So we're looking at that from a capacity point of view. And other than that, I suppose over the next year, it's looking at taking more time for holidays and actually outside of the business because, I mean, this year has been a different year, admittedly, but like most business owners, I don't take the amount of holiday each year that I have to give my employees by law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you just don't. I do always take off the bit between Christmas and New Year, which for somebody who worked in retail for 17 years is incredible because, you know, having Christmas Day, Boxing Day and back to work the following day was just horrendous. And I'm so glad I don't have to do that anymore. But I think increased time off has got to be important. And then the other thing that I'm working on, as I said earlier, is I've got a book coming out in the summer and I'm working on some more uh, public speaking and training type events. Albeit at the moment, I can't do a lot with those because we don't know when things are going to open back up. Yes. And I would rather be out speaking on a stage than doing it virtually. I don't mind the virtual stuff, but I love being face to face with people and sitting down and having a cup of tea and talking to them as a person. I really miss that. Yeah. This year has been really, really hard for that. So, yeah, lots of exciting things to do. Um, in fact, I've got a vision board, a new vision board template that I ordered and has arrived. It's up on my wall in the office. Wow. Not had a chance to stick all the stuff on it yet. But, yeah, I've got some exciting things coming up this year. Yeah, it sounds really exciting. So just the final thing. So I asked this to all my guests that appear on the show, and that is, if you had one tip for anyone who's just about to start out on this exciting uh, but very hard work adventure, what would it be? Okay, so that's a really simple one. And it's something that I've said to a few people over the years and had quite a look of shock and horror. But there we go. So I would say is do the best business you can that serves and helps people in the best possible way you can and the money will follow. 
If you go into business just to make money, you will fall flat on your face. You go into business to help people. And if you're doing it right, you will build a successful business and people will come to you. Oh, that's a great tip. Thank you so much, Claire, for appearing on our podcast episode today. So thank you for your time. It's been really insightful. You've really put some different aspects in from maybe some of our other guests. So I'm hoping our listeners who listen to this will really enjoy this episode because I think there's been lots of great hints and tips in this show. So thank you so much for appearing on the show. That's okay. It's been great to be here. Really nice to take part. So if you would like to join other business owners in our Small Business Growth Club, it's really easy to join. The links are in the uh, podcast platform. So please do click on the link. Um, a membership costs from £15 a month, and that includes an online networking group that you come to, can come to once a month. Um, and you get the choice of three groups, so you can come to all three if you wish. Um, we do a business resource um, every month. So we send you a different theme about helping you grow your business every month. Um, it can range from starting off when you're starting off, like choosing the right accountant, We look at all the different social media platforms for you. We look at planning and reviewing your business. So if you wanted to say, for example, employ a business coach, it will just give you some idea of what you need to know when you're employing that that, that type of person to help you in your business. So um, we would love to see you over in the club and you can meet all our other great small business owners that are in there and interact on our forum. So thank you, Claire, once again. Um, It's really good um, to have met you and got to know you. And um, we look forward to seeing everyone else on our next episode of Small Business Stories podcast. 